This is the podcast for The Jeremiah Johnston Show. Don't forget that you can listen to us across the Faith Radio Network for the entire hour, Saturday mornings at 9 a.m. Central or 10 a.m. Eastern. If you want your question read on the show or have any comments, send it to Jeremiah at askjjj.com. Hey, Dr. John. Hello. Uh, Hello. Uh, well, since you guys are Christian thinkers. Sorry, I just want to leave that question. I wanted to get your input on that. Sure, appreciate it. Thank you. God bless. That's my question. Thanks a bunch. Thank you. Welcome to the Jeremiah Johnston Show, combining cutting-edge biblical scholarship with meaningful, thought-provoking discussions and practical answers to your questions. It's time to own your faith and be a Christian thinker with our host, author, Bible scholar, apologist, and president of the Christian Thinker Society, Dr. Jeremiah Johnston. And welcome to the show, friends. This is Jeremiah Johnston broadcasting here in our brand new time slot on Faith Radio Network at 9 a.m. Central. And if you're listening in the East Coast, it's 10 a.m. Eastern. God bless you. Thank you so much for joining us on the program that takes your questions seriously. We don't go to Google. We go to God's Word with our tough, unanswered questions. And we find that truth never changes. That's the blessing of this program. And friends, we are going to do something very interesting today in this broadcast because one of the things that I believe in as a Christian leader, as a husband, as a father, as an individual, is we have to celebrate our victories along the way. Uh, So often in the Christian life, we achieve something and then we're on to the next battle. We're on to the next hill. And I think something that all of us can do a little bit better, and I would encourage you to try this, celebrate your victories along the way. Celebrate what God's doing. And there's a biblical precedent for this. When we open the scriptures to Acts chapter 14, verse 27, it says of the early Christians that they gathered together to celebrate all that God had done among them. They literally reviewed what God had done among them to open the gospel to the hearts of Gentiles. Go ahead and read Acts 14, 27 in whatever translation, and you're going to see that the church took time to gather together to discuss all that God had done among them. And friends, this is one of those Acts 14, 27 moments for this radio broadcast for the Jeremiah Johnston Show, because in just two weeks, we celebrate the one-year anniversary of this program airing broadcasting coming to you the jeremiah johnston show turns one it's a huge celebration and i want to just in the spirit of acts fourteen twenty seven, on this episode which if you're counting is episode number 51 next year is or excuse me next saturday is episode number 52 and then we have our one year anniversary very special program september 7 um, so be sure and mark your calendar already september 7 is our actual one year anniversary for this show but in the spirit of Acts fourteen twenty seven, I want to remind you about what God's been doing on this program. After all, if you go to the Jeremiah Johnston Show website, if you go to iTunes, to Google Play, to your podcast, to wherever this program is archived where you access it, you are going to see a beautiful, diverse, amazing lineup, if you don't mind me saying, of program guests and of so many of your unanswered questions that have been discussed on this program. Every show is unique. Every show has been edited, broadcast, produced, um, and put out for you, for for not only your spiritual growth, but hopefully for outreach purposes as well. I can't tell you how many individuals um, who we would call them God-fearers, we would call them seekers, we would call them questioners, who are coming to faith in Jesus Christ because they're being introduced to the God of the Bible, 
the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Christian message through this radio program. So I'm delighted about that. So we're going to do something very interesting in the next two, two episodes. So I want you to know that the way what you're listening to right now is just a little bit different from what we normally do on the broadcast, but I think it's an important moment for us to pause, pump the brakes for just a second, and say, God, thank you for what you've done on the Jeremiah Johnson Show on Faith Radio Network. Thank you for all the guests, all the conversations, all the content that we've been able to share, all the ways in which we have inspired our listeners to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. After all, the New Testament says, do your best, not average. Do your best to present yourself to God as a workman who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And so that is your job. That's not the job of your pastor or some Delta Force Christian leader. That's your job as a follower of Jesus to do your best, the scripture says. And so I pray that this program has been sharpening you in a very unique way to do your best. So stay with us. I've got an exciting way. I'm going to guide you by the hand today at this broadcast because um, I'm just going to remind you about what God's been doing through this show. It's going to be powerful. This is going to be one of those shows you're going to listen to a lot because uh, it's going to be fast moving and we're going to highlight some of the unanswered questions of our special guest. It's been really cool. Uh, more about it. We've got to jump to a break. I'm going to be right back around the corner to tell you what we're doing the rest of the show today. So happy anniversary of the Jeremiah Johnston Show. Stay with us. You're listening on Faith Radio Network. Welcome back to the Jeremiah Johnson Show, friends, and we're celebrating the one-year anniversary of this broadcast in two very unique episodes. This is episode 51, next week episode 52, and today we're going to be highlighting the unanswered questions of all of our guests. Now, I just want to share a little bit of background because some of you may have been listening to this show since day one. God bless you. Thank you so much. So it's going to be a review, Uh, but we have tons of people that listen every single week for the very first time because this program bounces all over the the internet world and the radio world and the multimedia world. Uh, We have individuals who are listening every single week for the first time. And something that I wanted to do with this broadcast and praying through it with my producer um, with the individuals that give creative uh, in, in, uh, uh, feedback to this program was just simply to say, what are some interesting things that we can do that perhaps are not really done on other radio shows, but things that I would personally find helpful and beneficial. And one of the unique things of our ministry, Christian Thinker Society, is that in the last 10 years, we have received more than 20,000 text message questions to me at our live events. I mean, I want to just say that again. We started back in 2009, 10 years ago, uh, when we were doing meetings for Christian Thinker Society, uh, just simply inviting people to ask me questions. And this started small, humble beginnings. Remember, little is much when God's in it. Don't ever forget that. Whatever you're going through in your life, little is much when God's in it. And God was in it in its very embryonic beginning where my wife encouraged me to just simply throw it open to the audience so that people could ask questions. Now, as I've said before on this show, I was extremely nervous 10 years ago uh, because what are people going to ask? I mean, there's literally, it's being recorded. Uh, There's a large audience. Individuals are there. Um, People are trying, might be trying to, you know, catch me. (laughs) I mean, I don't, I didn't know what to expect. And to make a long story short, it was a real step of faith, but it was something that I have to thank God for my wife, Audrey, who is, my accountability partner, my spiritual partner, um, every marriage is one in Jesus Christ. Amen. And Audrey encouraged me. She said, Jeremiah, get up there 
and Audrey would would read the questions to me that appeared on her iPad. Now, it's quite funny. You can go to the Christian Thinker Society Facebook page, and you can see some video highlights. I think they're back from 2011, so they're, they're a few years ago. But you can see that I throw it open to the audience. You know, what are the questions that we have today? And the first question that was texted to me was, Jeremiah, if God created everything and called it good, why can't I smoke pot? <laughs> can you believe that was the first question? And you, if you watch this video, you see that my face, I just almost like die uh, on the camera. Because <laughs> I have to be honest, I was not expecting my first question to be, if God created everything, called it good, Genesis 131, why can't I smoke pot? I was just simply not expecting that. Second question was, why do people say God bless you after they sneeze? Again, this is all in the video. You can catch it. I want to encourage, but I just want you to know, how a really cool feature of this program has been in the DNA of our ministry for a decade now, where we have encouraged every Christian that God is a big boy. He can take your tough question. Whatever you're going through today in your spiritual life, and I'm sure you're facing some kind of adversity, too many Christians fall short because they have not been encouraged to simply say, God, why? It is not ungodly for you to ask God why. Did you know that? If everything we say is true about the character and the nature of God, his omnipresence, his omniscience, his love, his benevolence, if he loves us in the way that the scripture says that he loves us as a father, as a loving father, Jesus called him Abba, Daddy, Father, then do you not think you can ask God your tough question? Hey God, why, why did you allow that in my life? God, I, I just don't understand. Did you know you can ask God those questions? And I, little did I know, um, and I again want to just praise God for the Holy Spirit speaking through my wife. This has branded our ministry now. We are known as a go-to ministry, Christian Thinker Society, ChristianThinkers.com, for your unanswered questions. And then a few years later, I met with a dear friend at Lifeway in 2014, the world's largest Christian publisher. And he had heard through the grapevine that for the last three or four years, at that point, I'd received 4,000 text messaged questions. And he said, why don't you aggregate those and let's create a Bible study that just simply speaks to some of your top unanswered questions. And of course, last week's program, my number one question, suicide and mental health in the Christian life. My number two question, the silence of God. My number three question, paranormal, the new normal. My number four question, the resurrection of Jesus. Most Christians feel ill-equipped to defend literally the seminal moment of our faith, the physical bodily resurrection of Jesus. Fifthly, questions about the Bible. You know, a lot of Christians know enough to be dangerous. So, how, you know, the bestseller nobody ever reads, the Bible. How, how do we defend it? How do we know it's true and reliable? And then finally, my number six question uh, in terms of ranking order of questions that I've received was um, evil suffering and pain in the Christian life. Why does God allow it? And I wrote a Bible study called Unanswered, Lasting Truth for Trending Questions, and then I wrote the book, Unanswered, Lasting Truth for Trend Trending Questions, and then we released a video teaching on the same series, uh, and then that turned into a global tour that for a couple years was sponsored by Museum of the Bible, and again, we just simply encouraged Christians with the biblical precedent that you don't have to check your brain at the door when following Jesus. Did you know that Jesus asked 322 questions in the Gospels? I mean, there are over 300 questions that Jesus asks in the Gospels. 
So fast forward to the launch of the Jeremiah Johnston show a year ago in two weeks. And one of the things that as I prayed about the architecture of this program was number one, I wanted your questions to dictate the content. So, so many questions that come into me now daily, even as I've been talking to you on this broadcast, four questions have come in through askjjj.com. Um, your questions have simply navigated almost like a GPS to the different topics that we suggest on the program that we discuss and then that we do deep dive in to discuss. So thank you so much, number one, for submitting those and for, t- for participating with those questions. Number two, I wanted to invite others into the discussion. Christian Thinkers Society is about raising up Christian thinkers, men and women, all over God's kingdom. And so I wanted to invite friends of mine onto the show. I wanted to hear about what God was doing in their life and ministry through their books, their writing, their research, their impact. But I decided to start asking all of our guests here at the Jeremiah Johnston Show, number one, vulnerability is a superpower to reaching people, as we studied last week in my message on this program. Therefore, I think it was, I thought it would be cool if our guests got a little vulnerable. And so for the final question, for almost every single one of our guests, there were some where we literally just ran out of time and I didn't get to it. But for the great majority of our guests, I would say, hey, if you could ask God anything right now, what is your question for God? I mean, if you could ask Jesus anything, what is your unanswered question for Jesus? And I wasn't prepared for the amazing questions that these bright thinkers, these great Christian leaders had for God. And there's a power in knowing that these individuals who you and I respect also struggle through in their own spiritual development, unanswered questions. I appreciated so much the honesty that they would simply ask the question. And so guess what we're going to do in this program We don't have time to do all 50 guests that we've had, but I do want to take you through a dozen or more individuals who've come on the Jeremiah Johnston show, individuals who you'll be very familiar with. You have their books, you've heard them speak and teach. You've been personally likely impacted by their ministry. And I just simply want to remind you of the unanswered questions that our guests have asked. And I want to just encourage you, stay with us. Don't change the channel. Listen to this podcast. Listen to it again. Share it with your friends because in the next few minutes, we're going to roll through um, several of my guests from the last year in their unanswered question for God. It's powerful. And my prayer in doing this is, again, I just want to remind you, you're not alone. Remember what Warren Wearsby said, the Christian life is not a playground. It's a battleground. And in your battle today, I just want to encourage you. Whatever you're in the midst of, I just want to remind you, you're not alone in the struggle. And the beautiful thing of the Christian movement since its inception 2,000 years ago in the first century, Christians have loved and lived together. We believe together, but make no mistake, we suffer together. We die together. We grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ together. And let me tell you what the enemy is trying to do right now. He's trying to isolate you with whatever you're struggling with. Do not let him isolate you. Do not let him think that you're the only one in the Christian world who's struggling with that problem. And certainly don't believe some Pharisee in the church. Remember, Christians don't gossip. We just share prayer requests, right? I said that last week, I think, too, because it's so true. Don't let what somebody said to you someday 10 years ago in a church cause you to stumble today. Why? Because you're a Christian thinker. 
you equip yourself with a biblical worldview. You don't give in to the whims of culture, and you certainly don't listen to someone who's not spirit-filled in your life. You don't take wisdom from someone who's not a spirit-filled Christian, and your ultimate source of wisdom is the Bible on your lap. Amen? That's the Christian, that's the Christian life we're aiming for on this program. So I just want to encourage you. We've got to step away to a break. But when we come back in a few, in a few seconds, we're going to go right through the list of some of the most interesting unanswered questions from the guests from the last year of the Jeremiah Johnston Show. I'm going to go to a break. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Jeremiah Johnston Show. We're celebrating one year broadcasting. Let's go now to a celebration of all the unanswered questions that our guests have mentioned on the program. We only have time um, to get to now the question that I ask all of my Christian thinkers on this program, Angie. And thank you so much for just how powerful and how vulnerable you've been with us. In fact, I think vulnerability is the new superpower to reaching people. But I ask all of my guests, Angie, and I've had uh, psychologists, psychiatrists, Bible scholars, archaeologists, um, amazing speakers, comedians, all kinds of fun people on this program. I ask almost all of them this question because really my whole passion is answering people's unanswered questions or at least looking at them together. What's your unanswered question? I mean, if you could ask Jesus anything, what would it be? Or is there a question you struggled with for a while? Um, I would appreciate hearing your answer to that. That is such a good and difficult question, especially when you mention all of the types of people who have already answered it (laughs) before me. Um, I, I, I think that for me, it would be a general why. I mean, just especially with Audrey, I, I think that after what I went through, you know, in my mind, I always picture myself and who knows what it will be like. I, I'm certainly not any kind of scholar or obviously I haven't experienced it, but I always imagine being in front of God in heaven and praying that you will say, well done, good and faithful servant. And the next thought that comes to me is, where is she? Hmm. Um, hmm. And so I think that I'm not even sure I have a million questions here, and I don't think they'll be there, really, when I get there. Um, but to me, it's just being able to walk in a way of accepting the why and living with it. Um, we've all got so many questions that aren't going to be answered. And in some way, I think there's peace in just accepting that. Mm, So powerful, and uh, wow. Professor Moreland, I ask all of my guests here on this program a a question that, um, you know, because I believe vulnerability is the new superpower in reaching people today. I think it's okay to be vulnerable. Um, What is the most difficult unanswered question that perhaps you have dealt with or is there a question you're just you just know you're gonna have to wait to ask God someday when you get to heaven or perhaps you've already answered it would you talk about that a little bit Uh, yes there 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 is one and it is why God is a no-show when it seems like it would be in his best interest to show up and it would be in his people's best interest so you you pray for a little child in your church that's suffering cancer and you pray for a year and not only is this little child dying but he's in excruciating pain and god doesn't do anything and those are tough for me 
I, I cannot not believe in God. I have too much evidence, and I have to yes. give all that evidence up, and so I can't not believe. believe. But what it does is it makes it, 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 it can thwart my desire to pray. Because I'm thinking, what's the point? You know, God, mm-hmm. God's a no-show. Some, uh, you know, too many of the times. Now, the good news is that I've seen miraculous answers to prayer, and I've and I've seen healings yes. in our church, and so I know these things happen. But that's that's a tough one uh, mm. for me. I, I don't get it. Uh, I don't know. This is why 28% of the Psalms are laments. They're complaining yes, against God right. about why he didn't seem to keep his covenant and <laughs> why he didn't yep. show up. Yep. Now, eventually, you know, you regain your sanity, but and you know God knows what he's doing. But for a while there, I, you go through times where you think, what in the world are you thinking up there? <laughs> Uh, Pastor Renner, um, I ask all of our guests who come on the Jeremiah Johnson Show uh, if they have had a personal unanswered question that perhaps they have struggled through. I've shared on this broadcast, Audrey and I had an unanswered question for God. We we couldn't get pregnant for over five years. We struggled with infertility. <laughs> I always joke with people, be careful what you pray for now, uh, that we have five kids, including uh, three triplet uh, two-year-olds. <laughs> uh, but that was a question that we struggled with. Uh, we have just a final uh, minute or two here. Uh, do you have a question that you have struggled with in your faith journey? Well, I'm going to answer you truthfully because I was answered this question two days ago. I'm writing a new book called The Will of God, Your Key to Success. And my editor said to me, what question do you have to ask God that's never been answered? The same question. And Jeremiah, I don't know one. Wow. I have never felt like I really even had a right to ask God a question. He's mm-hmm. so clear in his word. And when God asks me to do something... I'm his servant. It's not my job to say why or when or how. I just see that my job is to say, yes, sir. And I've lived my life to the best of my ability saying yes, not saying why. Why usually does not help. It doesn't change anything. But when we say yes and we get in line, things usually become pretty clear. And the things that we need to know eventually we see more clearly as time passes. So I really don't ask the question why very often. In fact, I really can't remember that I've ever asked it. I'm just working real hard to say yes. Friends, uh, so moving to listen to Pastor Renner. Um, I've never, I've, I've asked many people that question, Pastor Renner, and I think that's the most profound answer I've received. So thank you for that. Our next great unanswered question is from a conversation with Sheila Welsh. We get really transparent. We get honest uh, in this program. And I, I just want to ask you, uh, either in your Christian journey or right now, what's, would you mind sharing? What's, what's your unanswered question? What have you had to, to work through in your own Christian life? I think it'll encourage uh, many of our listeners who are tuning in right now. I think one of the things I struggle with so much is why do some people have so much to bear? You know, I have a friend um, who is in a wheelchair. She's got a brilliant mind. She's done her master. She's amazing. But it's just like daily, one thing after another, after another. She has no family dependent on, you know, home help workers who sometimes show up and sometimes don't. And often I find myself on my knees saying, Lord, why? Why does this person who's already struggling so much have one more thing to bear? 
And, and I find myself going back to Second Corinthians chapter 4, that, you know, where Paul said we're pressed on every side, but we're not crushed. We're perplexed, but we're not driven to despair. We're hunted down, but we're never abandoned. Knocked down, not destroyed. And I think of her when it says, through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. And I've watched how my friend, in the darkest moments, will take a moment out to send me a text saying, you know, hey, praying for you today. I know where you're going to be traveling. And I think there's this great mystery of suffering. And yet what Christ does in the midst of suffering silences me. Mm, Wow. That is a wonderful word to end on, Sheila. Thank you so much. next question comes from Greg Laurie as he's dealt with some significant loss. Pastor, um, I ask all of our guests on the Jeremiah Johnston show what, what they personally have struggled with with an unanswered question. I mean, if you could ask God anything right now, what would it be? Or perhaps you've already answered it and it was formative in your Christian life. I know you've ministered, you and Kathy, so powerfully uh, from a place of real pain and loss in the last few years. Uh, would you mind uh, just answering this for the benefit of our audience? So many listening right now who've, who've lost someone. Yes. Well, our son, Christopher, died in an automobile accident 10 years ago. And, you know, the question I asked in the very beginning was, why? Why would mm. this happen? And, and really for him, not for me so much, but for him, because he was newly married. He had a baby daughter. He had another daughter on the way. He was 33 years old. He had just recently really recommitted his life to Christ. He was just doing so well, and then he dies. Like, mm. how is that a good idea? Who's who's going to be a husband to his wife, Brittany? Who's going to raise his daughters that he adored? It made no sense to me. And I even had people come up to me and say, how could this happen to you of all people? Mm. And I think what they were saying was, well, you're like a preacher. This shouldn't happen to you. Mm. And I even kind of thought, Jeremiah, that maybe I'd had my quota of pain in life because of my crazy childhood and my mom being married and divorced seven times and never having a father growing up. And it's the most dysfunctional of childhoods. I thought, well, maybe I've suffered enough and now I can, you know, help others. And this thing happened to me. Well, look, I never received an answer to that question. And I don't think there is an answer to that question. Mm. Uh, You can ask why all day long. And by the way, there's nothing wrong with asking God why. Even Jesus said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me as he hung on the cross? So you can ask why all day long. You probably won't get a satisfactory answer. So for me, in time, it went from the why question to the what question, as in, well, what do I do now? And then the who question, as into, where do I turn? Who do I turn to? So the who I turned to, of course, was Jesus, because when it was all said and done, there was no logical answer for this horrible tragedy. So I just had to turn to Christ. You know, I didn't need a manual. I needed Emmanuel. In other words, I didn't need a book to sort it out for me. I just needed God. I just needed to lean into Jesus. Now to the what question, which was, what do I do? And I just decided I need to glorify God with my life, and I need to not waste my pain. So I realized that God had given me a platform, so I wanted to have a voice to people who've lost children and be a voice for people who've lost children. 
But I ask all of my guests, if they could ask Jesus any question right now, what would it be? Or I just simply ask, what is your own personal unanswered question that perhaps you've struggled with or perhaps you've already transcended it? Uh, But it's been remarkable listening to the answers from wonderful Christian men and women, great thinkers like yourself. Uh, Do you have an unanswered question that Alistair McGrath struggles with? I would love to ask Jesus this question, not because um, I haven't got answers, but because I think my answers aren't as good as they could be. And the question I would love to ask Jesus is this. We live in a world full of broken, damaged people who need hope. Can you tell me how to explain how you bring hope more clearly? Because that's what I'd love to be able to say to these people. So that's the question that I would bring to Jesus. I think I've got some answers, but I know I need better answers. And I know that the only good answer I can give is Jesus himself. Mm, So powerful. ask you, Lee, about your own unanswered question. Um, you, you're a journalist. I ask every guest on this program. We ended this way, and I, I don't even attempt to try to answer it. I just think it's great to hear from our thinkers. What's your unanswered question, or what was the unanswered question that perhaps the Lord allowed you to have an answer to? I mean, if you could ask Jesus anything today, what, what would it be? Well, I would go back to the issue with my wife and say, why Leslie? Why a woman who loves you so much, who's so devoted to you, why don't you just heal her? You could do it in an instant, and yet it hasn't happened. And um, we'll find out someday in heaven. But, you know, uh, as I say, it it was interesting as I researched that issue, and I look in Matthew chapter 10 where the disciples are given authority to heal, and then seven chapters later they couldn't heal an epileptic boy. Hmm. So healing was not automatic in the uh, New Testament either. And, um, you know, I have to trust that, you know, when God says, um, uh, ultimately, all my followers will be healed, maybe not in this world, but in the next. Um, I have to trust that uh, there's a healing that will come, and that uh, as Leslie enters uh, into the new world, that she will uh, have complete freedom from her pain. And friends, we've got to step away for a quick break. We're going to be back with highlighting some more of the unanswered questions that our special guests have asked over the course of the last year on The Jeremiah Johnston Show. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Friends, this is Jeremiah Johnston. Welcome back to the program. Aren't you enjoying this? We're celebrating a year of unanswered questions on the Jeremiah Johnston Show, where we go to God's Word, not Google, with those difficult questions. Let's go now to some more questions from some of our special guests of the last year. Drew Dick, what what is your unanswered question? Maybe you've already dealt with it. Maybe you've already transcended um, a hankering question that you've had, but I'd just be interested to... (laughs) To hear what what would be your question if you could ask him right now, the Lord, anything? What would it be? Yeah, I have so many. Oh man, it's a it's a the problem of narrowing them down, right? Because there yeah. are so many unanswered questions on this side of eternity, <laughs> I and mean, I think many that just will not be answered, uh, <laughs> um, at least now. I think my biggest one is most pressing. It probably has to do with my phase of life, being a father to young children, and it's mm-hmm. this: God, why do children have to suffer? even die. Man, that kills me. Just today, I saw an article that's been circulating around the internet 
about about um, some parents who had um, an, there was an accident and uh, this untimely death of their child, and I couldn't even read it, okay, because I'm just in that place with the young kids where I just automatically apply it to my own situation and emotionally I just can't handle it, and everyone's raving about how beautiful the piece is, um, and I go I can't even go there emotionally, and yeah. so for me I think that puts extra weight on it on the question, and I know a lot of the, the typical responses um, and I trust in God's goodness. And yet at the end of the day, because of how emotional that is, especially when you have young children, children, you go, man, God, why does that have to happen? Yeah. Um, I think as any parent can probably relate to that. I ask every guest on my program, if they could ask Jesus any question right now, what would it be? Or is there an unanswered question? Perhaps you've already answered it or transcended it, but it's just been delightful for me to catalog now the unanswered questions of all of our amazing guests. So, Jim, Jay uh, Winter Wallace, if you had an unanswered question, if you could ask Jesus anything, would you be willing to share that with our audience? Well, it's gonna, yeah, I am, but it's probably going to sound pretty geeky, right? But most no, of my unanswered questions. There's no wrong question, answer, and I don't try to answer yeah. it either. <laughs> yes, exactly. So, I, and a lot of it is what we talk about when we're on the porch at Summit answering questions for students, right? Whenever we do a college or whenever we do a university or whenever we do Summit, there'll be an open time of Q&A, about an hour, an hour and a half, two hours. And I get all kinds of questions. And the ones that are the hardest to answer are the ones that I think are the non-essentials, those, those gray yeah. areas that the church has always been wrestling with. So, so you know, I, have, I always say that the, some of the first questions I'm going to have when I stand in front of God, when I stand in front of Jesus, will be issues related to Genesis 1. How mm-hmm. exactly did that work out? How exactly? Yeah. Because there's been lots of debate in the history of Christianity about how to interpret Genesis 1. And I, I fall in one of those categories, but I, I, I always hold with an open hand because I'm waiting for sure. God to tell all of us you were all kind of right and all kind of wrong. Uh, based on how you interpreted that. Also, questions about, for example, how we leverage the sovereignty of God versus the free agency of man. Mm -hmm. There's like a lot of struggles there, from the Arminianist all the way to the Calvinist perspective. And where you land on that is something that I want to be, I want to hear that from God so I know uh, where to fall on those issues. And it's almost always a non-essential that, that of course, you know, I say it's non-essential, but most people who feel adamant about these things would say, oh, no, it actually isn't essential. Well, that's why I want to talk to ask God those questions and get those from him. So I will tell students, okay, here's the spectrum of historic answers to that question and where you fall, because in the, most of these things they ask, I'll, I'll be honest about theology, have nothing to do with – they're not in the creeds. They're yeah, not the things exactly. that are creedal questions or the things that are left out of the creeds. And that's the stuff that I want an answer to because I, yeah. we've been arguing about that for 2,000 years. But I'd love to. <laughs> those, so my questions are always in those categories. Our next unanswered question comes from Peter Williams, back from when he had a faith crisis in his early 20s. What is your unanswered question? What If you could ask God anything what would it be? Or did you have, perhaps as you were growing in your faith, even in scholarship, did you have a crisis moment or an unanswered question that you worked through that was formative? Would you mind sharing that with us? Yeah, so I mean, I, I did have a faith crisis in my early 20s, you know, as I looked out and there didn't seem to be uh, many scholars that you could mm. um, look to as models, as, as believing scholars. And I, I suppose I've got a range of questions, but there's another side to this, which is, I think, We've got to remember that God's got infinite knowledge and we've got tiny knowledge. 
And actually, therefore, that means there's an infinite number of potential questions to ask God, an infinite number. Um, and we also need to recognize there's an infinite number of sort of why did God questions that we can't answer uh, because he's not told us. So, so that's fine. And we need to celebrate the knowledge we can have. So I celebrate what my mind can do, but I also celebrate what my mind cannot do. And that includes celebrating your aging and the fact that your memory is not as good as it was. And so I think there's a tendency, particularly amongst Christian <laughs> thinkers, to, to try and set themselves up as if they have to know everything. And there's a pressure uh, to try and know everything and to, to actually realize, no, I'm meant to be mortal. I'm meant to be That's finite. Right. That's what God's made me. That's fine. I can celebrate the fact that I serve an infinite God, an all-knowing God. And so then you find your place um, and you, you can celebrate all the gifts that he's given you properly within that framework. Mm, so powerful. From one of our conversations, here's Andy Barnister as he talks about his unanswered question and the unique framework that he uses to go along with it. If you could ask Jesus anything right now, what would it be? Or perhaps it's something that you struggled through and you transcended and you answered it, but you might bring encouragement to somebody listening. Would you share that with our audience? Yeah, yes, that's a good question. The context for answering it quickly, Jeremiah, I've always found it helpful to have two boxes in my head for questions that I absolutely have to answer, like ASAP or is game over uh, for my Christian faith, (laughs) and then questions that I really want an answer to, but it's not essential. And the great thing is in the first few years of really thinking this stuff through, that first box emptied, but there's still plenty of stuff in the second box. Just to pick one question out, I think, that I, I keep coming back to, is, is I think really revolves around, the le- well, not so much the legacy, the way the church doesn't often live up to the standards of Christ. You mm. know, that breaks my heart. And then when it breaks my heart, I realize that I'm probably implicated in it. For you and I who are Western Christians, I think, mm. you know, it's a challenging question about how much our Christianity and Western consumerism yes. are kind of bled into one another. We take so many things for granted that I think are not available to our brothers and sisters in other parts of the world. And I think that's tainted the gospel witness. It certainly has in the West. I think people look at Christians often in the West and go, oh, you know, different than we are. And so that challenges me because I think, gosh, if this gospel is really true, at times I wish I saw more of it in the life of the church and our impact in the nation. Rather than fighting culture wars, could we not be going out making the kind of difference that Jesus did? So I guess that would be my question for the Lord. I suspect the answer might revolve around exactly where I sort of said in the middle there. I'm caught up in it as well. So I suspect mm. the answer might be the Lord saying, I know. But of course, if I threw, rejected every Christian who was imperfect, Andy, that would probably include you in the process. Wow. Um, but that still doesn't change the fact that I, I think there's a question there to, to answer. And I meet many non-Christians. I believe you're the same, Jeremiah, who when you dig, 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 it's bad experiences of Christians yes. at the church. That is actually the issue. It's not yeah. golden science. It's not whatever. So this is what we need to take seriously. Matt Brown's up next, and his question that he brings that's unanswered is one that a lot of us have faced. If you could ask Jesus one question today, what would it be? Probably that just just the suffering in the world, the pain in the world, and I just even think of some personal losses that we've had in our family and our relatives uh, that have been tragic, and, and, and just thinking of even just maybe on a, a smaller level, the challenges sometimes that you know, we face in ministry or the challenges that you face mm. in life, even, even as a believer who really loves the Lord, you know, just kind of like 
what was the purpose of that or why didn't yeah. you make it easier or why didn't you kind of come through in some of those moments when it, we felt like we needed you so bad. And I partly know the answer is that God doesn't work on our timetable, that he um, teaches us things through the waiting and through through the fragility of life. But, but I still just, I'd love to hear Jesus answer that question. I would love it. Yeah. I like to ask all of our guests, Mark, what is your personal unanswered question? I mean, if you could ask Jesus anything right now, and maybe you've answered the question, and I don't add a PS, we leave it there. That's where the program ends. But I want to ask you, what would what's Mark Lanier's unanswered question for God? You know, there are so many possible questions to ask, but when you get right down to it, I really just have one that I, I think if, if I had that one question that I could get answered and, and it's, it's a, there's not a close second. It's this, God, please tell me right now in very practical terms, what I can be doing to help reach those that I love for you. Mm. Just what, what do you want me to do? Tell me, tell me one, two, three, mm. four, five. I'll do those things by the, the, the strength and guidance of your spirit and, and just trust you from there. And, 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 and that, if, if I could know in practical terms right now, and, and I think to some degree God's already answered those questions. He wants us to walk through and figure that stuff out. He doesn't write it on the wall. But I sure would like that written on the wall. I could just I, I follow rules real well. He could just say, okay, do these five steps and then leave the rest to me. I got it from here. Um, I would really, I would really treasure hearing it that way as opposed to praying to figure out those (laughs) steps and trusting him to be delivering them to me absent the writing on the wall. (laughs) Wow. Wow. So powerful. Well, as one dad of five to the other dad of five, uh, you, Mark. um, Wow. I totally agree. What can I do to be reaching those that I love? Mark, thank you so much. And friends, this is Jeremiah. So, so interesting. I've just absolutely loved taking you by the hand through some of these unanswered questions that have been asked by our guests. Uh, A lot is happening. I'm going to talk about it um, in our closing segment uh, because I want to answer these questions. I mean, I've just been chomping at the bit listening to these. Uh, There are answers, and uh, I'm interested in talking about this more. There might be a new book coming up uh, along these these lines. So stay with us. Uh, I'm going to be back with a special final segment here in a moment. It's Jeremiah Johnston, our final segment on the Jeremiah Johnston Show, special episode 51. Can you believe it? 51 episodes of the Jeremiah Johnston Show. A couple of house cleaning items, a couple of very cool announcements I want to share with you. Number one, don't you think it would be cool if I did a book that just simply highlighted, if I wrote a book that was highlighting answers to the unanswered questions that have been raised by our listeners 
and by our special guests. That's in the works right now, so pray for me. Speaking of books, number two, I actually am holding in my hand a fabulous new book that um, finally, um, and I can say fabulous because I'm the author and editor of the book, but I have some fantastic contributors from all over the world. The book is called Scribes and Their Remains. It's from the Library of Second Temple Studies, and it's published by T.N.T. Clark Bloomsbury out of the United Kingdom in London. Uh, In this volume that is just actually being released in September 2019 is a cutting-edge study on scribal practices in the development and transmission of early Christian texts compiled from leading papyrologists and New Testament scholars. So uh, about two and a half years ago, I and my co-author, Craig Evans, who we just heard his unanswered question, um, decided that we wanted to do a book that highlighted um, a few very important questions as it relates to New Testament studies. I wanted to discuss um, papyri, literacy, orality, the Dead Sea Scrolls, and the paleography of early Christian papyri. Um, and here's what's cool about this book. This book is a hardback. It's a beautiful, uh, has a menorah on the front. It's just beautifully laid out. But it has over 180 reproductions of ancient papyri. So I really think that this is a vital source for scholars, for Christian thinkers, for Bible students who have questions or who are doing research on the transmission of text in the ancient world. Now, I also want to say a word about this because um, I do popular writing. And by that, I don't mean, oh, it's so popular. I mean that it's for the wider world. It's for the w- a wide audience. That's what I mean when I say popular publishing. But then I do highly technical or academic writing. So this book would be in that more technical space. So um, doesn't mean that you can't read it. It's written, again, for a wide audience, but it's very technical. Um, I have a chapter in this book um, that is actually chapter five of Scribes and Their Remains. And it's actually based on Hilarion's letter to his wife, Alice. It's based on Papyrus Oxyrhynchus 744, but I have the entire Greek apparatus in here. And then I do, I go through the letter line by line and exegete it. And here's where I talk about, there are critical issues that this letter has us, helps us understand what we might call family planning or the lack thereof in the ancient world and how the early Christian movement combated it, especially in its heinous treatment uh, the the world of late antiquity's heinous treatment of women and of children. That's just one of the many chapters that we have in this book. Another thing that I'm really proud of to share with you about Scribes and the Remains, I have a couple papyrologists that we were able to recruit in this book um, who are not native English speakers. So think about that. They submitted chapters to this book in English, but English is not their native language. And so, yes, it required a lot of extra editing, but isn't that cool that I have European scholars, I have scholars from all over the world who have contributed to this book, uh, and some are not even native English speakers. So I think that's just another neat thing. We have male and female contributors. Again, something I'm very, very proud of, the diversity as well in this book. I'm also super excited about my colleague and my co-author, Craig Evans' chapter, The Longevity of Autographs and Their First Copies. Now, this is a heavyweight chapter, and I think it's the chapter that's going to really make this book very well known in the scholarly world because Craig argues that the autographs of the New Testament, so again, if you're interested in biblical studies, this would apply to you, the autographs of the New Testament likely lasted much longer than hypercritical scholars have claimed in years gone by. And he studies um, the longevity of ancient libraries uh, from the time before the Christian movement and during 
to show simply that these sacred books, these books that were highly regarded in the early Christian community, would not have just fallen by the wayside. We would not have lost the original autographs of the New Testament after 20 or 30 years. They likely lasted much longer. Um, uh, Stanley Porter does an excellent chapter on text as artifact. I could go through here and annotate the rest, but definitely check that out. Check these things out on my social media, christianthinkers.com. Uh, is our website where it can link you to my Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Amazon Central account where you can read more about this information. So, again, uh, thank God for another book that's being released, Scribes and Their Remains, edited by myself and Craig Evans, TNT Clark Bloomsbury, if you want to Google that for yourself. I also want to just, again, thank God for Faith Radio Network. I'm so delighted about this broadcast and the ways in which it's being used by God across the world. I am literally receiving emails and I'm receiving messages from you who are listening through the podcast, through Faith Radio Network, through the archived areas. Um, I'm just so excited about what God's doing on this program in your life. So keep letting us know, keep praying for us, check us out on christianthinkers.com. And we're going to keep celebrating next week with another unique episode, a little bit different. That will be episode 52 of the Jeremiah Johnston Show. Check us out online and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to The Jeremiah Johnston Show. If you have any follow-up questions from today's program, we'd love to hear from you. You can submit your questions at askjjj.com. From there, you can also connect with us across social media. All our conversations are available because of listener support. To find out more information, head over to myfaithradio.com. And so you never miss a show, you can subscribe to our podcast free in iTunes, the Google Play Store, or even our RSS feed. Thank you for sharing our show with a friend and growing the impact of our ministry.